So, I heard this thing a while ago that really stuck with me. Um, it was a take on something that happens in uh, Calcutta or Kolkata, India, uh, regarding children who are in poverty there. I'm sure that uh, you could conjure up an image of uh, you know a poor child in India, as is displayed in many uh, cinematic ways, like movies like Slumdog Millionaire and Lion and, and actual stories. And um, there's the phenomenon of young people, children, begging for money. And if you see children begging for money, could you imagine where that money goes? If you give a poor child as, uh, in India some money, where would that money go? Now, the expectation would be that the money would go towards food, maybe after food towards clothing or shelter, uh, but to basic needs. The desire uh, to give money is to, is to address the basic needs, just basic needs of um, those children. Because really can't address other needs as well, just with money. But the basic needs, food, clothing, shelter. But here's the thing, here's what I heard. I don't know exactly the source, but uh, it really stuck with me. That there was a law in the city that children could not keep the money that they collected. There's some sort of regulation of this uh, uh, begging, of children begging, where they collect the money, they get money, but they can't keep it for longer than one day. They can only keep it for one day. That means the next day they have to go out and keep begging again. Now, what are they going to do with the money? Some of them actually get quite a bit of money. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do with it? Well, around the area of where they're begging for money in different places in the city, there are these arcades. They're places where, where kids go to play, I guess, video games, maybe pinball games, maybe some uh, those gambling games. Um, but they're just like, our, our, they're called arcades. And what children are doing in these situations is they're taking all the money they get. They're not really able to save it. They're not able to really get out of the cycle of poverty. They're just blow, they're blowing it every day at the arcades. Now maybe this is some sort of twisted way of stimulating the local economy. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of reasoning behind it. However, unfortunate. But I want to think about the kids for a second. I want to think about that kid who uh, <clears throat> gets some money and uh, maybe the first thing they do is they go buy some food, you know, maybe some, some sort of treat to feel better, to get nourishment, and then runs off to the arcade and plays. They don't have to do that. They don't have to spend the money at the arcade. It makes me think of uh, the album slash movie Tommy by The Who. Who was Tommy? Tommy was the pinball wizard. Uh, he was the greatest at pinball. And the, the story of Tommy, you know, fictional story, elevates him to some sort of messianic status. He's like a, a hero, even a god, uh, you know, however strange in this story. Maybe these kids in Kolkata want to be a modern day version of Tommy. Maybe after the bellies are full, they want to be king for a day. This makes me think of a need that goes beyond the need for um, food and water, 
the need to fill our bellies. Uh, the need for self-actualization. Self-actualization is defined in the dictionary as the realization or fulfillment of one's talents and potentialities, especially considered as a drive or need present in everyone. So what this is saying is that we all have this need for something called self-actualization, some sort of realization or fulfillment of our talents, our skills, our gifts. Um, makes me think of another story, it's a fictional one, from a 1993 uh, little-known independent film called The Saint of Fort Washington, starring Danny Glover and Matt Dillon. They play uh, two homeless men, each uh, in their own way ha have reached the state of homelessness, but they, became, they become friends, and together they make a plan to achieve financial recovery. They're very, uh, it's, it's, it's a very you know, special film uh, following their journey, and uh, showing how they save really every bit of money and how they plan to uh, get out of a, a life of homelessness. But along the story, we learn that Matt Dillon, Matt Dillon's character, was a photographer. And uh, that was back in the day where we didn't have digital, photo digital cameras as much. We were, you know, uh, taking uh, uh, pictures on rolls of film. So you had to buy the film, but there was the film, and then you had to uh, pay for the film to get developed. And while they're saving money to get out of this homeless state, they're meticulously putting a little bit of money aside so that uh, Matt Dillon's character can develop a roll of film. It was a big deal in the movie. Now, why? Why, uh, when you have these urgent needs staring at you, the need for food, the need for shelter, why take some of that money and put it towards pinball and video games? Why take that money and put it towards developing a role of film? I'm Adam Rosenfeld here with the podcast Beauty Truth. This is uh, where I talk about my journey of finding and creating beauty and truth. Brought to you by my music project, Hard and I. Uh, you can visit hardonai.net, H A R A D O N A I.net, and get my new single, Let the Sword Do Double Damage, live at the base of Mount Zion for free. And also, take a minute and check out this podcast and subscribe on iTunes, Beauty Truth on iTunes, and leave a review while you're at it. I'd appreciate that. Thank you. So now I want to uh, talk to you about why. People might be starving. People might be in great need and yet want to take what they have and spend it on something totally unrelated to their need, totally related to a different need. I want to talk about uh, what's called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you know about Maslow uh, or Maslow's triangle is another word for it. it. It came from his 1943 paper, A Theory of Human Motivation. Now, I, I don't know the whole background, but I think it was commissioned by some business entity to better understand what motivates workers. I think they would, that basically there was this research that was commissioned to figure out you know, how, how can we understand employees better? How can we understand their needs better? And so he came up with this wonderful uh, thing, this wonderful paradigm, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And what it does, it, it breaks down human needs into five different categories of needs, five different categories of needs. Physiological needs, air, food, water, we were talking about that, about, you know, the need to, uh, you know, beg for money just so you can get food, you know. 
Safety needs, like shelter. I put clothing in there in my understanding of that need. You know, you want to keep yourself safe, protected. Um, you know, also other needs, just to, to be in a safe environment or a safe community. Number three, social belonging. That's uh, the presence of family and loved ones. Number four, self-esteem. Uh, the recognition of our peers, to be uh, honored and esteemed by your peers. And number five, self-actualization, which I like to define it, uh, inspired by Steve Jobs from Apple, the late Steve Jobs, creating a dent in the universe. Self-actualization, to me, is creating a dent in the universe. Don't you want to create a dent in the universe? I want to create a dent in the universe. I think that we all have a need to create a dent in the universe. Side note, a cool author named Dave Duarte took these uh, five levels of needs and gave them a digital twist, a digital version of Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, uh, physiological need being Wi-Fi, we needed to actually be online, a safety need being LinkedIn, because we use LinkedIn to secure employment, hence safety, uh, social belonging would be Facebook, where we connect uh, with people close to us and maybe grandmas and long-lost relatives. Uh, Self-esteem, recognition of our peers being Twitter. You know, people, we want to get followers and people to follow you. And nowadays, uh, he it was a few years ago he came up with this. There's also other social networks. And self-actualization, self-actualization being WordPress. I don't know if everybody here listening knows what WordPress is. It's pretty popular, but WordPress basically means a tool to create your own website, to create your stake in the digital world and say who you are. That's a side note, but I love it. The five, five digital uh, examples of the, of the hierarchy of uh, needs. So here's what I'm getting at. Have you ever really been in need of money, struggling with debt? Maybe you got some money, but right away you spent it on something totally unrelated to your debt. Maybe you bought a musical instrument. Maybe you bought a camera. Uh, maybe you got some sort of online course or online subscription that's gonna tell you, it's gonna say, you know, take this subscription and you're, it's gonna transform you from X to Y, from A to B. It's gonna make you, it's gonna make you some sort of um, knowledgeable in some area. It's gonna turn you into a pro in some area. Something that will help you and your business or your art or your project make a dent in the universe. I know that feeling very well. I always wonder why I kept, and many times in my life, I kept going back to that. We're like, oh, you struggle, you struggle, and you get a little bit to deal with that struggle and you wanna spend that on something else, something that's gonna uh, help you make a dent in the universe because you can't bear to go through another day without making another dent in the universe. I think this has to do with another factor regarding the hierarchy of needs is that they may seem sequential, but I don't think that they are. They might seem like, okay, first food. Okay, I got food. Second, uh, safety. Oh, okay, I got safety. Third, family and loved ones. Okay, I got that one. Fourth, self-esteem. Okay, and then I can think about self-actualization. I don't think that's true. Chris and Dan Heath in their terrific book called Made to Stick, these authors, they talk about how uh, Maslow's uh, triangle, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, is not sequential. You want to speak to people based on their needs, but they could be all over the place. They could be here, they could be there. They, they, they're not just wanting food right now. Those kids in Calcutta, Kolkata that are asking for money, they don't just want food. They want self-actualization. The people that you see that are in need, the people that you know are in need, they don't just want food. 
They don't just want safety. They want to make a dent in the universe. And understanding that will help you understand people better and will help you understand yourself better. So what can be done about that? The first thing I want you to do is just to acknowledge that this might be the case. It might be the case with you. Acknowledge your own needs. Acknowledge that not only do you want to get out of debt, not only do you want to get the bills paid, but you also want to have some sort of a life or some sort of fulfillment in life. You want to make a dent in the universe. Now, the big step here, and I'm not going into this right now, you know, so much in depth, but it's something to consider, is to set goals. Goals for your needs. Goals for needs that are important to you. You can set goals in the area of family. You can set goals in the area of your social life. And you can set self-actualization goals. The author, Michael Hyatt, he delves into this wonderfully in the book, Your Best Year Ever, about setting annual goals. But there's another take as I continue on the subject of needs. I like to go to what I consider to be the truth, but I also consider it to be uh, an old source, an ancient source that's universal to, to human beings that we can refer to. And I'm talking about the Bible. In First uh, Timothy chapter 6, says something, this is some sort of translation, not which one. It says, but if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. It's like God is saying, you know, or, or amongst the believers, it's, it's being said, look, if you have food and clothing, be cool. <clears throat> There's no acknowledgement here of the need for social belonging, no acknowledgement for the need for self-esteem or self-actualization. I wonder why about this. I think maybe it's because it's important for the community itself to provide those needs for the person. That the person shouldn't be worried about self-actualization, uh, self-esteem, social belonging. But it also, that an attitude of contentment will help you get to those next needs. If you're content with the basic needs, it will help you achieve the other needs. Just like it says one sentence before, godliness with contentment is great gain. Think about it. If you're just a desperate person, if your belly is full and you're still desperate, if, if you have what you need, and you, but you go around in desperation, it's hard to want to be around that person. If you're desperate to make it in your business, if you're desperate to make it in your art, if you want someone to please subscribe to my stuff, download my stuff, check out my stuff, share my stuff. If you look desperate, people really won't want to be around you. It's a good reminder to play it cool and be happy with what you have. But once again, acknowledge that you want to make a dent in the universe. Then start by making a dent in making a dent in the universe. Do something, something towards your goal of self-actualization, even if you're in need, something. Maybe you don't have money to give to it, but maybe you can give time. Maybe you can give a few minutes a day. Maybe you can give an hour a day towards whatever project it is you're working on, like me and this podcast, like you and your music, like uh, your business that you want to start, your nonprofit you want to start, and so, and so on and so on. In an earlier podcast, I mentioned the illustration that I love to go back to of Morgan Freeman's character in the movie The Shawshank Redemption, who's given a harmonica and can't bear to give his heart to using that harmonica. He can't give his emotions. He's afraid. He's, his heart is guarded. But he decides to sit down on the bed and play one note on that harmonica. If all you can do today towards self-actualization is play that one note on the harmonica, just like Morgan Freeman, then you're making a dent in making a dent 
in the universe. This is Adam Rosenfeld here. You're listening to the podcast, Beauty Truth, about my pursuit of finding and creating beauty and truth, brought to you by my music project, Har Adonai. Go to haradonai.net and get the new live single, Let the Sword Do Double Damage, live from the base of Mount Zion. Get that for free, exclusively for subscribers. Please go to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast, Beauty Truth, and leave a review while you're at it if you're there. Much appreciated. If you want to support this podcast, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash I and become a supporter of this podcast. And I want to give a shout out to some supporters of this podcast. A shout out to Nathan Fain. Thank you, man. A shout out to Kanbani Romano, a cool dude. Go check him out. You can Google Kanbani Romano and see some of his awesome artwork, his photography, his beautiful words. He's a great guy. Now, before we leave, I want to end uh, with some music. But I just want to uh, take a note and acknowledge something from a past episode, from the last episode. I want to make an apology because I spoke in a way. Um, it was kind of like a remark or a tone of voice that uh, was kind of uh, not really cool about a well-known person named Kevin Costner. And I just want to say, that's not what we do here. I don't put people down for trying to make art, okay, and for trying to do something and trying to make a dent in the universe, which is something that I kind of did in the last episode. So just take a minute and make a mental note, or if you have three hours, go ahead and check out what I consider to be one of the greatest films ever made. Made by Kevin Costner, it was. It's called Open Range from 2003. Now I want to leave you with an interesting song, a kind of different song from the catalog of music that I've created from the album Behold the Unseen from 2005 from the band The Pit That Became a Tower, which is the former name of my current music project, Hard and I. The song is called Between Fools and Kings. Thanks for listening, and I hope to be in touch in the next episode. Keep it awesome.